Welcome back to the Murdy Creative Co. Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Murdy, and today's topic is the next 12 months. But first, I want to say thank you to everyone who's supported the company so far. If you've got a chance, go check us out on the web at murdycreative.co. That's M-U-R-D-Y creative.co. Or you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching at murdycreative.co to see the best of our product shots. Follow us, keep up to date with our daily photos, and be the first one to know about new product launches. You can also use the subscribe button at the bottom of our website to be included in all of our new product announcements. Be sure to check out our laser engraving, personalization options, and exclusive colors on the website, or you can get a blank one on Amazon Prime. All right, so Friday of last week, I went to my CEO group in Milwaukee. And it's a group, obviously, of, of you know, CEOs and other executives that get together and are part of this, you know, it's kind of a networking group, but it's mostly designed to troubleshoot problems. Um, you're guaranteed in your group to not have any direct competitors, and it's designed specifically so that if you've you got a problem, you can bring it up with other CEOs and they can help you kind of troubleshoot the problem. It's a great group. One of the things, though, that they do every so often is they have speakers come in. And this last time, one of the speakers that we had was one of the econ- economists with the Wisconsin DOR. And he gave a 205-slide presentation, which I loved, on the state of things you know, post-COVID and how things are going in Wisconsin specifically. And then he also included some federal and national statistics, which I thought were very interesting as well. I took notes during the meeting, and I wanted to share some of my thoughts with you on them. And, you know, it was interesting to to talk with him because, you know, talking economist style stuff was very much my college education. I mean, it's hard to know what the future is going to hold. And so to some extent, you know, being an economist and doing all this stuff is a little bit like trying to kind of like, you know, roll the dice and see. Right. And a lot of the economists just like dice rolling. It's not. It's based off statistics. It's based off based off math to some extent. So, you know, you know, if you're if you've ever played a game, you know, any dice game, let's say if you play Monopoly, you know that seven is one of the most likely rolls, and twelve and two are very low likelihoods. So, if you're an economist, you can say, I can say with a certain level of certainty that your next roll is going to become is going to be between four and ten, right? And you can say with pretty solid confidence it's going to be between four and ten. That doesn't mean it is going to be between four and ten. It means it likely will be. So everything he's talking about, to some extent, except for the stuff that was historical, and there was a lot of historical stuff, right? A lot of the stuff he was talking about was what happened over the last 12 to, you know, 12 months to two years. And then a lot of it, you know, then there was a little bit at the end that was kind of like, what do we think is coming down the line? So the stuff about what do we think is going to happen was speculative, as it always is. That being said, it was informed speculation, so there's something to that. So one of the things that came up with the discussion realistically was the economic contraction that happened during COVID was basically the, it was the largest contraction, right? Of the economy in a single quarter ever, but it happened in basically one quarter. And then the expansion happened very quickly after that. So it was not a V shaped recovery. It was basically a needle recovery, which is true. And it's different than the 8182, the 1981, 82 contraction. Um, and it's because of the difference between supply side and demand side. So in this case, a lot of the issue that we're facing right now with inflation is supply side issues. It's not that there, it's, it's that there's a normal amount of demand perhaps, but the supply is unable to keep up with that. Or there's an increased demand and the supply is unable to keep up with that as well, but it's mostly on the supply side. Um, one of the things that I thought was very curious and I think is a good news overall, is if you look at Wisconsin from its, uh, the Wisconsin pension fund is technically overfunded. It's funded at 103% right now, which is excellent. And beyond that, the rainy day fund, so Wisconsin has a statutory rainy day fund, I believe 5%. 
it's capped at 5%. So it's, it's 5% of the annual budget per se. And, and, um, any sort of excesses basically go into that. And, and now that it's fully funded and it's capped that it's fully funded, they either have to say, okay, we're going to either increase it or we're going to take this surplus and we have to do something with it. Now, I think the tendency of politicians seem to say, well, let's, you know, I think the Republicans are going to say naturally, let's give the money back to the people or do something like that. And I think that the Democrats are likely to say, let's put it into some sort of social program of some kind, or we're going to overfund something else. And I think there's also going to be a, some tendency of certain caucuses in the government of Wisconsin to say, well, let's just raise the cap on the rainy day fund and put more money in that, right? And we still have a lot of our federal COVID money, it looks like, still in our coffers. So that presents an opportunity on the government side of things. I, would I like them to give the money to back to the people as just, you know, large amounts of money? Absolutely. That'd be great. Do I think they're going to do that? Absolutely not. Would I love for them to do small business grants, specifically for manufacturing or for reshoring efforts, right? For supply chain reinforcement, right? To say, okay, you know, we had this massive problem with COVID, partially because a lot of our supply chain was overseas. And because of that, we ended up having problems where if we bring that manufacturing back to Wisconsin, which we already have a strong manufacturing facility and a manufacturing infrastructure, if we bring more of that and we have a reshoring effort, helps prevent this issue in the future for us, or at least helps bulwark us against that issue. Would I love them to do that? Absolutely. I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to do something where they're going to do small business grants to uh, the arts and entertainment industry and or the service industry. Because if you look at all the numbers, one of the things that's really a big issue is that there is the, the goods and um, raw materials, the durable goods, and actually non-durable goods as well. That industry has come back very quickly. And that is actually doing better right now from a prediction level than what it should be doing theoretically. However, we're still having a massive issue where a lot of, there's a lot of shortfall in the service side of the, the business world. I mean, that makes sense. I would imagine those are issues. One of the things that's going to be continuing a problem is inflation is not going to slow down. The Fed rate are still low and the money is still flooding into the system at a brisk pace. They're only looking to bring the interest rates up to 1.8% by the end of the year. That's the current prediction. That's not nearly enough to stem the tide of the inflation that's going to happen. They would need to go pretty aggressively up. And the problem is if you go aggressively up with your inflation rates, like they did in 81, 82 that time, if you, if you skyrocket inflation to try to fight that, or skyrocket the interest rates, excuse me, to try to fight the inflation, it creates other problems as well. So this is where the Fed money is going to continue to flood and we're going to continue to see in, in huge increases in inflation. There was a minor setback in medium income. And however, the cash holdings and other financial, uh, you know, easily access liquid financial holdings of the individuals in this economy is actually higher than it's ever been. So people have more cash in checking savings and, and money markets than they normally would have had previously. And a lot of that's based off the fact that people took the money during the stimulus and they didn't spend it. They put it in their pockets, so they put it in their savings account, right? Paid off debt, for example. That presents a good opportunity for us as a company because if people have a lot of extra cash, as long as they're confident that the economy is going to improve, and nobody is at this point, but if that can become the case, they'll spend that money. Now, obviously, with inflation being the way it is, there's a certain level of concern with people saying, okay, well, I don't want to I don't want to waste my money, right? I, with the economy being uncertain, a lot of people are holding on to cash and not spending it to provide that level of protection. But on the same side of this, in the same token of this, inflation is going to continue to rise, which means that goods 
and things that you buy are likely to go up more, including the Murdy Creative Company's products, right? We are looking, we have continued, every time we've ordered leather, it's gotten more expensive, every single time. And I talked with our leather supplier, he does not think that's going to slow down our change. He says that the way that, what they're dealing with is they're having, they can get the hides now, which was their problem before, but the chemicals that they use to tan them are continuing to go up and up and up. And with the war in Ukraine, Russia is a major manufacturer of chemicals and petrochemicals, but the war in Ukraine, the way it is, and that's not likely to come to a resolution quickly. That problem of petrochemicals being expensive will continue to rise. So on a micro level in our company, that's going to be an issue that we're going to have to probably do another price increase soon. And by soon, you know, that could be months, it could be weeks, it could be anything. It's hard to know exactly where that's going to be for us. We have to do some more math to find that out. But on a macro scale, it means that a lot of companies that use petrochemicals, which is a lot of companies, think plastics, I mean, even things like um, anything that, any most durable goods in the ways of uh, lotions, and all of those have petrochemicals in them. Um, so those are likely to continue to see inflationary prices. That's going to be an issue, I think, that will be particularly problematic uh, in, in that regard. So one of the issues... Um, I'm going to keep, I'm just keep reading my thing here. One of the issues that also has been pl played in this is the raw material inventory is coming back, but slowly. So normally there's a certain amount of the GDP, the gross domestic product. So the overall health and the prosperity of the economy is normally measured in GDP. A big part of the GDP is inventory. So it's companies buying from other companies and keeping those inventories. But the problem is that in this case, a lot of companies sold down their inventories during the pandemic and have not built those inventories back up. And I mean, we're in that same boat too. Our inventories are down from where they were. Now, not as much, but we're making good progress on that. But um, one of the biggest issues though, is that the, the labor shortage right now in Wisconsin is three times worse than pre-pandemic. And this was the thing, if everything was perfect and everyone, and this is, I believe nationwide, if everything was perfect, so everyone that wanted a job was working, there would, we would still be 5 million people short nationwide. And in Wisconsin, we'd still be 140,000 short. Um, so that's a huge issue. And I think that when we look at the problems of labor markets and inflationary things, that's also going to continue to push this up. So now we're dealing with a raw materials problem and the increases in raw material costs. We're also seeing a shortage of, of labor. So we're seeing that price go up. So we're going to continue to see this inflationary thing come up. One of the things that he talked about was that um, Real commodity inflation is up about 12, is, is when we're seeing is a 12% inflation. But one of the biggest issues is this. If you look at inflation on raw materials, and I was sitting in this room with other CEOs who are mostly in manufacturing. There's a lot of manufacturing CEOs in my group, which makes sense because that's Wisconsin. I'm sitting in this room with a bunch of these other CEOs and they're talking about the inflation that they're dealing with on their raw goods, right? So the, the raw materials, the steel, the pig iron that they're buying to make their machines, right? And they're talking about increases in, in their prices of 20, 30, 50% sometimes. And that was borne out by the numbers. So if you look at inflation, and this is over the last 12 months, and these are like as a whole number, so these are crossing several industries. But um, if you looked at what's considered stage one manufacturing, stage two, stage three, and then there's the consumer, right? Stage one manufacturing saw a 24.5% increase in, in their cost Stage two manufacturing saw a 36% increase and stage three saw a 30% increase due to inflation on their raw materials. And the final consumer is seeing something like eight or 9%. They have seen up until this point. The problem is 
what that means is all these manufacturers, and we are one of those manufacturers, have just been taken into the shorts. We're just, we're, our profit margins have shrunk enormously. We are down to razor thin margins because our costs have gone up way more than our cost of, than our price increases have. And we've kind of had the mindset where it's like, okay, we'll just bear it out, right? We'll just take these price increases for a little while. The price increases will slow down. Prices hopefully will go back down and we'll be fine. That's been the logic up until this point. That will be changing shortly. We, as well as most other manufacturers that have been just taking all of the profit margins out of our business by eating these increased cost of goods, are going to start saying we can't do this anymore and stay in business. And so you're going to start to see price increases that are going to go up a lot more on durable goods, right? So we're talking about, and not just durable goods, non-durable goods, food, um, you know, products, paper products, all of those things, non-durable goods like that, those are going to be continuing to go up at a skyrocketing pace as well. But the durable goods, which our product is a good example of a durable good. I'm trying to think of other durable goods that are things that you would think of as durable goods. I mean, cars are an easy example. They're a durable good. All of those things are likely to go up enormously. And we're talking maybe double digits for inflation on those products or price increases on those products. Because up until this point, we've just said, well, we're just going to grin and bear it. But if inflation is not slowing down, if the Federal Reserve and the government is saying, we're not going to slow down our, our inflationary processes, which is basically saying the, the federal government is continuing to flood money into the market and the Fed is too scared to do aggressive price or aggressive interest hikes, which would shrink the money supply. And I can talk about more about why that happens if you're curious, but I'll, I'll give you the 10 second version of it. When the, when the government says that it's expensive to borrow money, banks don't borrow as much money, which means they don't lend out as much money, which has the effect of banks shrinking down the amount of money that they're lending out, which shrinks the amount of money available in the market. That's kind of a way to think about it. Anyway. <clears throat> And that's M2 money supply, by the way. That's not M1, which is a different thing. If you want to go look it up, look up, go look up, go Google search M1, M2, M3 money supply and how they work. There's going to be a YouTube video out there of somebody explaining it that will make more sense. But the short version is if the federal government is going to continue to spend at the incredibly brisk pace they're spending and the Fed is not going to raise interest rates enough to stem that problem, manufacturers are going to start raising their prices 10, 20, 30% to compensate for the fact that their raw material costs are going up at a brisk pace and they're not necessarily going to be slowing down anytime soon. So the inflation that we're about to see is going to be much, much worse. However, and this is the good news, a recession is not likely in the next 12 months. That was his prediction. Based off all of the bellwether indicators, um, and it's hard to say that when you look at the market and you say, okay, well, the stock market's having a lot of trouble and you're telling me inflation's going to go up and we're seeing a lot of these. And one of the things that I think is a big part of this, and he had a lot of reasonings why, is that the bellwether indicators of a recession, all of them say that there's not going to be a recession in the next 12 months. That's a little bit comforting for me because, like I said, at the moment, we've got a lot of money that we've borrowed to try to get the company into a, a new stable place. And it's working, but slowly and not nearly at the pace that we need it to work. So because of that, I'm very hesitant because if there's a recession that's going to be coming down the pike soon, not only is that going to hurt our sales pretty directly, that's also going to be in a situation where we're going to have problems with the fact that we're going to have to deal with, you know, all of the money that we have to repay back. So all of these things are things to be concerned about, but that's just kind of like life is, you have to be concerned about it all the time, right? 
it is different than 2018. It is different than 2019. It's different than 2018 and 2019 in a couple of key ways. During those years, the market was relatively predictable. Your costs were relatively predictable and stable. Your sales were predictable and stable. Right now, there is so much unknowable turmoil. Inflation itself presents a huge X factor for everything. That there's this, in, there's this you know, volatility in the market that is just not going to go anywhere. And so a lot of businesses are being far more careful with how they spend their money because they realize that this could be a problem. However, this economist did point out something to me when I caught up to him in the parking lot and I was talking to him a little bit more because that's what I do. As I said, I was concerned about this and he said, well, here's a way to think of it. If you've been wanting to do capital improvements, right? You want to you know, improve your machines, you want to buy more, things like that. He goes, they're not getting cheaper. Probably ever. This is the cheapest you'll probably be able to buy them in the next 10 years, if not longer. So do it now because you won't be able to later. And that makes a good point. So I've been looking hard into that advice over this weekend and thinking through the idea of saying, okay, what are the capital improvements that we've really wanted to make and we've been holding off saying, okay, well, we might need the money, right? Which is true. We might still need the money. But the problem is this. If we burn through all of the money that we have to try to get things back right and nothing is improved and we're back to where we started and we haven't made the company better, we're no longer, we're no better than we were before, right? So we need to be able to say, okay, if there's capital expenses that we've wanted to do that are responsible, not crazy, but are reasonable and necessary capital improvements to the workshop. We need to make those improvements right now because they're not going to get cheaper. And I think we will. And it'll be fine. That being said, we may need to do a price increase probably before the end of the year. I'm looking at the numbers. We're probably going to need to do a price increase by the, before the end of the year, whether it's going to happen right now or not. is kind of still up in the air. Probably not. But I don't know that for sure. So if you've been thinking about buying our product, but you've been worried because you're like, I don't know if now's the right time. Now is the right time. Now is absolutely the right time. It will not be getting cheaper. The products will not be getting cheaper over the course of the next, definitely not the next year, but definitely not longer either. So get the product now. It's the cheapest. You'll probably be able to get it. FYI. Thank you guys for tuning in today. Be sure to check back in Thursday for that next topic. And don't forget to check that subscribe button as well as the notification bell to get notified when we launch new episodes. If you have any questions or concerns about your leather binder, journal, foley, or anything else we sell, please feel free to contact us the main page of our website at mariecreative.co or you can contact us via Instagram and Facebook. You can text, email, call, direct message, all the usuals. I'll do my best to get back to you as soon as possible, but I do appreciate your patience. If you have a quick question or you want to place an order over the phone, please feel free to call us at 414-434-9001. We're available Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Central Time. You can also text us, text us at this number as well, 414-434-9001. If for whatever reason you don't get a hold of us either during business hours or after hours, please do leave us a voicemail. We do listen to them when we respond to them. If you do call us about a specific order and you leave us a voicemail, please include the order number. It starts with an S and is followed by a series of numbers. That does help us organize and figure out what we're talking about. If you think we deserve it, a good review can go a long way to help us grow. Both a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on as well as a review on the product itself. You can go all of, read all of our amazing five-star reviews at murdycreative.co slash reviews. There's a button on that page. It says, leave us a good review. You click on that, it'll take you to facebook.com slash murdycreative.co slash reviews. You can read the question there. It says, do you recommend the Murdy Creative Company? You click yes, and then you can write your amazing review. We do read them. We love them. I actually read them out loud to the team most of the time. It really improves people's spirits. So definitely do that if you'd like. If for whatever reason you'd leave us a bad review, there's another button that says, get directly in contact with us. It is deeply important to me personally that everyone has a good experience with a company and I really want to take care of everyone. 
We will do anything in our power, including refunding, recrafting. We will do anything we can. Please, 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 before you leave us a bad review, give us an opportunity to make things right. Word of mouth is the best form of advertising, always has been, always will be, so please tell your friends about the company. If you want to get a little something for doing that, be sure to log into our website with a little person at the top. In the bottom left-hand corner of the main page is our rewards tab. When you click on that, it'll open up a rewards panel. Any purchase you make in-store uh, will get you 10% back as in-store credit that you can spend on any product that we sell. There's also a shareable link there. That shareable link, when you share that with your friends and family, gives them $10 off their first purchase and gives you $10 of in-store credit when they make that purchase. It's a great way to help the company out. If you have any podcast topics you want to hear more about, send them my way. I'm always happy to give you guys what you're looking for, and I want to answer anything you want. So definitely reach out, leave us a comment below on the YouTube channel, or you can definitely send us an email, sales, S-A-L-E-S, at murdycreative.co. If you're looking for multiple binders, journals, folios, anything we sell for gifts, giveaways, menus, we have bulk discounts built right into the cart. So all you need to do is add any item you want, mix and match to your heart's desire, and then hit checkout. The system will calculate the total cart quantity and will apply the appropriate bulk discount. Just as an FYI, there is no limitations on what you put in your cart for that. So you can mix and match to your heart's desire. It's just based off the total cart quantity, and it'll apply that bulk discount. If you're looking for a custom engraved item, uh, we have no minimum order quantities and no setup fees. It's just a simple flat fee, normally about $15. And to do so, you can go onto almost any product page on our website. There's an add custom logo. You click on that button, it'll take you to the customizer, and you can open up the custom engraving system. Once you're there, you can upload a logo. You can add text, anything you like build out that custom order, and then you click Add to Cart. You can go then check out with that one item if you just want to get one, or you can change the current quantity in the cart if you want to get a bunch of them. The bulk discount does apply to the engraving cost as well. So if you're going to get a bunch of items that are custom engraved, that $15 can be a lot less. No engraving, uh, no, no, excuse me, no setup fees, no minimum order quantities. It's that simple. If for whatever reason the item you want to get custom engraved isn't available with that system, Send us an email, sales at murdercreative.co, and request that specific item, and then include your logo in the email, and we'll be happy to create a mock-up and a custom order link for you to purchase through. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Have a great day, and goodbye.